Hey, what's happening? I'm Lee McCormick. Welcome to Tramps Like Us, the Bruce Springsteen Podcast, Episode 9, Working on a Dream Album Review. We're going to discuss the Working on a Dream Album from 2009, give you our thoughts on it, and then give you a track-by-track analysis, our opinion on these songs. Hope you enjoy it. Joining us for the podcast today is Tom England. So we're going to get Tom's uh, input on this record as well as my own. So sit back, enjoy this show. Hope you like it. Magic record, we I had this song What Love Can Do, which is third or fourth track on the thing. And so that sort of fell under the curtain of, you know, love in the time of Bush. <laughs> and uh, uh, but it didn't quite, you know, the record was sort of full. And it's this is one of those songs that sounds like the first song of your next record. So I, I wrote a lot of things very quickly. And I said, well, these these romantic songs. They're big melodies. I'm going to sing in a big, big voice that I've kind of steered away from for a long time. And uh, I just want, I want these very sort of orchestral rock, you know, pop pieces, you know. And, and we demoed, I think, five or six things uh, before I left the studio for Magic. And then we had the challenge of doing something we hadn't done in... 25 or 30 years, which was making a record while we were touring. It's a funny record. It's a record where you'll hear pieces of it in all my other records, but if you have all my other records, you don't have this record. <laughs> you know, it's it's just, it takes it to some slightly different place, you know. trying to do right now is I want to make just some really, really well thought out, well crafted, inspiring records and get music to my audience. That is relevant to, hey, the times that we're living in and and, uh, and, and the times in their lives. All right, so we're going to welcome back to the show Tom England. So Tom, you were on our, uh, our River Tour episode we did there a few back. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have you back. Have, yeah, has have you're on? Yeah, you're on stage with Springsteen. Has that has that worn off on you now? Have you? I still watch the video every day. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just don't tell everyone that I am. Yeah. Yeah. Have you taken the wristband off? You had that wristband no. off for a while. Uh, right? I have the wrist. Uh, I did take the wristband off. It was really sad, and the only reason I took it off was because it was going to fall off. Yeah. <laughs> I cut it off, and I have it like on my uh, little desk, like desk lamp, right? My nightstand. Like it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool though. Cool, I man. Love so what we're going to do today, we're going to talk, we're going to do our first album review for the podcast. We're going to talk about uh, working on a dream record. So I, I figured we're going to do all these album reviews and I figured we'd just start somewhere in the middle for me anyway. Like working yeah. on a dream kind of, I placed it kind of like, I, I kind of did, a, I ranked all 18 of his albums and this one came in number 10. So kind of right in the middle there. Yeah. 
That, I was thinking about that today. I was listening to the album. I listened to it yesterday, and I listened to it to a lot today. I listened to it a little bit last week, and I'm just like, I was trying to place it, and you can't put it at the bottom because yeah. there's a lot. They're like, what's really good on this album is great, but there's a lot of fluff in the middle that like yeah. you got to kind of cut through to get to the exactly, good. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get into that. we'll get into a track by track, but let's just go. I'll give you a few little uh, facts first on this record. So working on a dream. Columbia Records, as usual, was released on January 27th, 2009. This was Bruce's 16th studio record. And it was uh, written and recorded mostly uh, 2007, 2008, kind of written kind of in between the Magic tour dates. I guess he was still doing a lot of yeah, writing. Yeah, that's what there. I was uh, guessing, too. The, and this was Clarence's, I, I don't think it was his la last album. I think he was on some Wrecking Ball, but I think this was yeah. the last that heavily featured Clarence. Yeah, the, the E Street Band's kind of starting to fall apart. Like, Danny Danny has died. Danny died yeah. in 2008, so this is kind of Danny's on here, but I guess this is his last moments. Yeah, you can, you can find songs where he is. Yeah, the thing with this record, too, is um, I guess Springsteen records, at least this record anyway, with um, Brendan O'Brien produced this. And what right. he did was he would record all the bed tracks for this record with just the, uh, the rhythm section of the E Street Band, right? So he would get Max, yeah. Gary, and Roy in the studio. Yeah. with Bruce and I think they cut most of the tracks like yeah. all four of them like live in the studio like it sounds like that yeah and then what he would do with that he would then he'd take all the bed tracks and then he would put like little Steven do some backgrounds on it Nils would do a little guitar organ little sax here and there right yeah. and that's how he would layer the E Street Band on top of it so anyway this is a record again produced by Brendan O'Brien which is um, I guess Bruce Springsteen's 2000 efforts were a lot with Brendan O'Brien Brendan O'Brien started with The Rising and then he did oh, a, yeah, is that yeah. where he started? I didn't think he started that that late. Wow. Yeah, the first one he did was The Rising. Then he did, uh, I guess, Devils and Dust, Magic. And then this is his final thing to yeah. date anyway, working on a dream. So album was dedicated to Danny, who he said died April 2008. Uh, the record kind of exploring the uh, 60s style production pop symphonies of Phil Spector, Orbison, some of that California wrecking crew you can hear in this record, you know. That wall sound. Yeah, the wall sound. Lots of musical surprises. Um I hear in his songwriting, he's kind of continuing some of the themes he did in Magic. I thought of it as it was like Magic and Greetings had a baby. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of continuing. I thought it was continuing with Magic, but more of a more of a hopeful, optimistic slant. Yeah. Whereas Magic kind of, I guess you can politically influence. Whereas Magic is the second term of George Bush, and right. everybody's like, "Oh no, we got another four years of this guy." So it's kind of like the dark periods, right? Like, what are we going to yeah. do? How are we going to get out of these dark holes? And then I guess uh, you got a new president coming in while this album is going out with uh, Barack Obama, and there's a lot of hope and change in the air, and you kind of get that vibe through some of his writing, I think, on this record, you know? Right. Some unabashed optimism that you don't usually get from Springsteen, right? Especially with uh, all of these love songs. Like, there's a lot of great yeah, love songs on here. Yeah, and um, we're like... Springsteen's not really known for love songs, right? Like, a lot of his love songs, there's always a dark twist. There's like some. There's something wrong with the protagonist, and that's what you find too. At least on this record, when I listen to it, they're mostly um, ordinary. It's not a. There's not like in previous whether it's like Tunnel of Love or whether if you go back to like uh, like Greetings, like For You, or someone someone has a really drastic mental flaw or character flaw, mm -hmm. but they still find love despite it. I think in this record, it's. You know, two people who just are going through life happen to fall in love, and it's like a normal—it's like a normal scene. That's kind of weird. 
Yeah, it's a happy ending that you don't usually usually get, right? Because you're waiting for the whole song, and you're like, oh. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, where's where's the third verse twist? Where, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. The bridge got happier. Great. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So the song is very different, far less bleak than the angry, politically charged Magic, like we said. Uh, uh, and I think Magic is one of his best records in a long, long time. It just how it's a concept album that really, it's the recession album. You have to listen to it. You understand where everyone's minds is. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's um, it's cautious hope, and then working on a dream is like okay, you can you can dream at least now. Right. Like, yeah. You're not restricted anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So singles released off this, so Working on a Dream was a single that came out November 21st, 2008, ahead of the record. And then My Lucky Day was came out also as a single like a week later, kind of weird, I guess. I don't know, maybe he put that out to a rock market or something like that. And uh, The Wrestler came out that was a single in December 2008. So we had like three singles out before the record was even out, which is kind of kind of crazy. And then What Love Can Do came out in 2009 as kind of a record store day. Uh, special kind of thing there. All right, so it seems like everything was written and recorded uh, pretty quickly on this, on the heels of the 2007 Magic Tour. So you caught the band kind of fresh off the road, so they had their plan chops uh, ready to go kind of thing. So um, it was also a rare moment where Bruce did two E Street Band records and tours back-to-back. I don't think he's done that since... Uh, yeah. Maybe like Born in the USA, Tunnel of Love, maybe? I don't think he's... Uh, would Wrecking Ball and High Hopes count? Uh, possibly, you know, yeah, I guess that would count. Although High Hopes was kind of like a hodgepodge of stuff. Yeah, High Hopes was like, uh, we're just still going to keep going, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Morning in the State Tunnel, that would count, I think. Yeah, lots of good acoustic guitar on this record, it seems like. I I would assume Bruce wrote kind of the majority of the songs in the acoustic guitar rather than piano. Although yeah. maybe Outlaw Pete might have been a piano sound. You kind of hear that. Yeah, so the album debuted at number one on Billboard Top 200 album charts. So that was his ninth number one album in the U.S. and went to number one in Canada, too. When did you uh, grab this album? Do you have any stories about picking this record up? I My my first experience, actually, with this record at all was this was the first tour I saw Bruce play. This was my first Springsteen show was the Working on a Dream Tour. Right, cool. Um, so I had no idea, really. I knew my favorites. I knew the classics. I didn't really know his new stuff. So I, when I sat down and I, uh, I had my dad, I was just like, all right, so let's listen to the record. And we went through it. And I was just like, it was more of like understanding there's another side to Bruce than uh, Darkness Bruce or even like Born in the USA Bruce or even Tunnel of Love Bruce. It's a, a very um, different aspect that he's not afraid to write a, a different type of song. He's not afraid to write about a girl's birthday. He's yeah. not. He's not afraid to try an epic western now because I think he thinks he can yeah. and he does. And that was kind of my opinion of it. And it was. I, I've appreciated it more now that I've kind of become more of a seasoned Springsteen fan. Right. Yeah. You got to realize too that he's sixty years old when he's writing yeah. this and recording this record, right? So he's not going to have the same mindset that he did right. thirty, forty years ago, right? And you, you can't expect that. You would think that it's not even – I don't even think this is a reflective uh, – I don't – like he hasn't – this album isn't meant like reflecting on his life and looking back. I think it's uh, almost a turning point of him telling us that I still got more in me. Yeah, just, exactly. I mean just – even The Wrestler has a little bit – yeah, this – I mean it was written for the movie 
input on the rec uh, record by default. But the reason it was included was because it it has still you know wherever you ever see a one trick pony like you see me like it's kind of no matter what you're always gonna know that I'm still making music. I think that's exactly. the way that I just think about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I was anxiously awaiting uh, this album to be released. I was looking forward to getting this record. Um, I have kind of a good story. When I got this record, I was working on cruise ships as a, a guy in the band, in the orchestra. They're working on cruise ships for about four or five months at a time. Yeah. So when this album was released, I was abroad. I was in the Caribbean working. So um, I was trying to find, like, it's very rare to find. Like, they don't have your regular record stores right in the ports yeah. down in the Caribbean. No. So I was looking for it. I saw there was one, we was in, we were in St. Thomas and uh, there's a, there's a little record store there and I was just walking by and I went in there I checked it out and they had it there they had the deluxe version that came with the DVD and the, kind of the bigger oh, book. Oh, that's awesome! But I happened to have spent all my money at Hooters I think that day, right? <laughs> As you do. So was I, your money really well spent. It was true. It was well spent. So I had to wait another week until we were back in St. Thomas, back in Port, where I had some more cash where I could go get that record right so i waited the week yeah. i went back the following week got the record and uh yeah i took it back to my cabin uh got my little bunk there and uh put the headphones on and listened to this record and i remember i had a lot of pete coming on going what the hell is this song it was yep. really shocking right yep but then uh the album started to grow on me it started to you know i listened to it a few more times and uh i had the pleasure of being able to take the record with me as i went on my journeys through the caribbean right like i would go off and pour yep. it by myself and just put my Walkman on my Walkman, what my iPod, Walkman. right? Yeah, <laughs> my Walkman. Your portable record player. <laughs> exactly. It yeah. Comes on wheels. <laughs> I would put my iPod on and just, just I would go off by myself and just walk these Caribbean cities by myself, right? Listening to this record over and That's over. Cool. Right. So re it really sunk into my uh, my head, my psyche, and uh, yeah. So this album always kind of, kind of, kind of brings me back to that period in my life. That's cool. The deluxe version came with that DVD too, one of those uh, making of. Oh, sessions yeah. kind of thing, which I always love. Just see the, kind yeah. of the behind the scenes studio things where you you see them working on their demos and studio sessions. There's some cool stuff on there. Bruce running the songs down on acoustic guitar, like showing showing Max and Gary and Roy like the structure that's, of the songs. It's the coolest thing. Yeah. And they're all standing around taking notes, like the chord charts and everything like that, <laughs> right? Like there is students. Exactly. Yeah, they're the students. It really shows too, like what kind of a, a band leader Bruce is, the way he's constructing the arrangements of the songs, right? Telling the band what to play, right? Like there's, you'll see in that DVD, there's shots of him, like Queen of the Supermarket. There's that piano intro, bum 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 bum. Yeah. bum. It shows him like in the studio, like telling Roy how to play and that. And the beginning of this life has like a bass line, yeah. So he's showing Gary that notes to play there. So it's really Bruce is really has his hands on every part. Yeah, the song, you know. Yeah, it, it shows that like I think he wanted to have the band and all of it, but like then you look at it like tomorrow never knows. I think he wanted that to be as much of him as possible. Right. I, I, I think that's one of the coolest songs on the record. Like just it shows that he'll put the whole band in there, but then he'll bring that whole band sound to him and a him and a acoustic guitar. It, it's just a really cool contrast. Yeah, that, and he's very uh. He's very selfish with the music he makes, right? Like, even though he's doing an E Street band, like, he, d he doesn't fall into those E Street traps. Like, he'll just do the song the way it's supposed yeah. to go. Like, the one thing, there's very few Clarence Saxels on this album. Like, he only shows up a few my times. Lucky day. Yeah, My Lucky Day, I think, The End of This Life, he does a little bit. But there's not, like, a heavy sax solo on this. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I guess it just didn't fit the songs he was writing I, at that point. Right? Yeah, it, it must not have fit the tone. I, I I was a little surprised that there wasn't a big one in Outlaw Pete. Yeah, um, you'd think it would end with a big yeah, Jungle Land-esque outro well, sax, right? There, and I think when he's writing Outlaw Pete, I think he goes, I don't want another Jungle Land. I want something that's different. And yeah. If you put it, uh, if he puts another big, huge sax solo in the middle of an eight-minute song, he's got Jungle Land in the West. Right. And uh, I don't know. That, that's the way I think. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. So let's get into it now. We're talking about Outlaw like, out Pete. Let's talk about. Let's go into a track by track. Yeah. Discussion here. So uh, first song, side one, uh, track first... one is Outlaw Pete. He was born a little baby on the Appalachian Trail At six months old he'd done three months in jail Here off the bank in his diapers and his little bare baby feet All he said was, folks, my name is Outlaw Pete I'm Outlaw I'm outlaw Pete Can you hear me? Bruce Springsteen, the rock god, the musician of all our times, in uh, children's storybook author as well. Yeah, this outlaw Pete was turned into a, like a short story children's book kind of thing, right? Yeah, he was on he was on John Stewart promoting it. I'll never forget that. I was like, what's he what's he doing? Oh, <laughs> he's reading to me. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I've never checked that out. Is it what is it? Just like the lyrics of the song with illustrations? It's the or? entire lyrics of the song set to this uh, children's book. Literally, the the cover is Outlaw Pete. It fits with the first verse very well. It's it's a baby in a diaper with a cowboy hat. Yeah, and it's that character through the entire book. I, I thumbed through it in a Barnes and Noble. I'm like, wow, what? it makes sense. It works. And I, I apparently a, this children's author called Bruce. What, what was? I don't know what his name. Yeah, Frank Caruso. Right. Yeah. Okay. The cover right now. Yeah, he called him and just went, "I want to make this into a children's book," and Bruce went, "Okay." Wow. Because it's not really a children's story. It's not at all. Like there's that there's that the, the, the like one of the last verses where the uh, the bounty hunter finds him and there's a duel and they both kill each other and there's knives thrown and stuff. You know. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the whole time he's just trying. It's more. It's not a. I'm I'm trying to find my bottle. It's I'm trying to make a name for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it's kind of a cool way to kick off the album. I know when I put the record on first, it really kind of hit me like, whoa, what is this? He's really reaching out on this song, like laying it all out there. Eight-minute epic, Old West yeah. kind of character, cowboy fable. It, it, it's, he, he's, he, I, I'm surprised he hasn't, this is the first time that he really had had a whole Western epic because he was so in love with Western motifs, even yeah. if you look at I mean, even Nebraska has dark, dark ones, but even Darkness has some. I, I'm surprised it took him this long to use a whole song. Well, he hits. There's a little bit on a uh, Devils of Dust record. He gets into that's that right. Bit, yeah. yeah, like um, uh, like Reno. Yeah, in the cow- one, like, Yeah, there's a uh, what's that song called? It's like the Cowboys song on it. It's not Black Cowboys. Is it? It's not called Black Cowboys. No, it? it's not. God, oh, that's gonna drive me crazy now. Hang on, I better bring this up now so I don't look like an idiot when I say black cowboys on <laughs> What? What was it? Black cowboys, yeah. It was black cowboys. I was black right. Black cowboys. Right? Okay, cool. Yeah, it's kind of the anti-Nebraska production. A lot of tempo changes in this, strings. 
crescendos. Yeah. There's like a killer big guitar solo in the outro. Yeah. It, it, it's him. It, it, I mean, it still holds on to some of those Nebraska, like those, like him just kind of calling out with that echo on it. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of, it, it's like a perfect blend. It's like, it's, it, it's full band Nebraska. Yeah. That's got a little, little some harmonica whale in there. Yeah. And just, and he, it's, it's repetition, the whole song. I mean, it, I mean, it, yeah. it fits. It, it's a really, it, it's, it's a powerful song once you like, don't think of it as a children's book, but that's the way I, yeah. I think, yeah, married a Navajo girl. Like, it's a whole, yeah, there's, there's, there's elements in it too. It's not just a, it's not just a surface song, right? Like, you, you rarely get a surface song with the Springsteen. There's always something in there. Yeah. You got the uh, the strings on it. Strings give it a like, yeah. a like that epic Ennio Morricone kind of spaghetti western feel, you know? Yeah, and it gives it, it gives it like you feel you feel like it's the movie, but you feel like you're actually rooting for him the whole time. He's they he tells you from the very beginning he's not a good guy. Yeah, he's he's a born he's a bad to the bone born born bad but you're rooting for him at the end and when he dies that can you hear me is really poignant Mm -hmm. exactly yeah just fades out can you hear me wondering why he keeps calling that it's like oh you wonder if it's like a retrospective looking back on his on Outlaw Pete looking back on his life maybe right before he dies it's one of those kind of moments it's interpretive it's pretty cool yeah I dig the song it's not one of my favorites on the record not one of my least favorites I thought I wouldn't like it, but I wound up liking it. It's probably my, it's probably my like, in my top five. Uh, on this record. On the record, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's different, and I think it gets a lot of, a lot of credibility because it's different. And it kind of sticks out. It's like, obviously, a different kind of Springsteen song. And he's daring you to listen to the record by putting an eight-minute song to start it off. Start it off. Yeah, you think he would bury it on the last song on the yeah, side or something like that, right? No, he he kicks it off. You're you're buckling up yep. it makes up for it when you got the short poppy songs but yeah it, it it's a it's a it's a bold opening that works and it's got the kiss connection with i was made for loving you do you know what that no i'm not a huge kiss Ew. well there's a there's a connection the, the one i think one of the only springsteen kiss connections is probably another one if i think of it but uh, I was made for loving you melody is basically the same as this song so i don't know if springsteen was listening to a lot of Kiss disco music before yeah. he was right like the I was made for loving you is do 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 that's right and then Outlaw Pete has oh the God. yeah I hadn't even thought of yeah. that if you play those two melody lines back to back you'll hear some similarities there that's yeah. crazy I had not even thought <laughs> I just think it was one of those things where the melody just kind of seeped into uh, Bruce Springsteen's head somehow and who knows if he'd heard I was made for loving you but there's only so many notes you can choose from and so many combinations and I think it was just one of those things that you know it's just a random melody that just was a coincidence but uh, yeah even Paul Stanley agrees with me on that a lot of times it's really unfair because there are there are a, a certain amount of notes and uh, they can only get jumbled so many different ways and, and uh, you know I, I've uh, there's a <coughs> There's a Springsteen song that sounds like there's a, a part of the song that sounds like I was made for loving you. So I, I'm sure he, he wasn't sitting around listening to that. But, uh, you know, it, it finds its way into everybody's music. It, but, uh, you know, you can't come down on everybody for, for their creativity. <laughs> Thank you. 
right, so shall we go on? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the second song, next track we're going to do here is My Lucky Day. how much I liked my lucky day when I heard it the first time it, it just when I looked into it, it it's it's one of those typical Springsteen metaphors that he puts to someone he loves I mean it, it, it's that up tempo it's a classic spring it's almost like night it, it, it's this uh, off of born to run it's this hope that's really moved along all the way through with a really nice sax solo like right uh, towards the last verse uh, I love this song. I, I love, I love how it it kind of kicks off. You have Outlaw Pete, which ends on this really grim note, and then My Lucky Day kind of juxtaposes itself. Yeah. Um, uh, like, but it, it doesn't. It shows that even though it like, you're my lucky day. I've waited at your side. I've carried the tears you've cried. It shows that it's a complete relationship. That's why um, the narrator considers this to be this beautiful moment that he that needs to be expressed i think i, I yeah. think that's the message he's going for yeah it's a good rocker it immediately gives you like okay this is an east street band record you hear that uh, the great background vocals with steve sharing yeah. the choruses and i think he comes into the second board and then verse. you have those um you have the organ on top of it the entire time that do 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 and then roy comes in right underneath it that do do like it's a really just I, I wish he played this song more. He, he just played it recently in Europe, but uh, I think it's a it's a perfect it's it's a one of those perfect little gems that he has. Yeah, he was. This was he also recorded that song Frankie fell in love around this time. I think from these sessions. Yeah, that was from High Hopes, and yeah. the, these two songs are very similar. So you can see why he, he picked one over the other, right? For hey, the record, Frankie fell in love. Um, it, it's almost like a. It, I think the. The tone, the, it's more of like a kind of Christian-based kind of thing that probably would have not, I don't think it would have fallen as well. It wasn't as bright as My Lucky Day. It's kind of a more, it's it's still up-tempo and kind of happy, but it, it's more of a, it's more showing hope in a relationship instead of a dude finding love. It, it, I think that's the tone that fits well with work, on working on a dream at least. Yeah, yeah. Max and Gary killing it on this. Max just slamming those drums. Yeah, and he's going he keeps it moving that's the engine that keeps firing and firing that whole time yeah uh, in the dvd behind the scenes you see bruce saying he wants a, he wants reckless drums he wants it to be reckless almost like yeah. like it's crashing like it's gonna fall apart but it's it's not gonna you know like yeah so that sort of loose reckless rough uh, smashing around yeah it, feel, it, yeah they nailed it 
but I my favorite part is still just Roy, um, and I'm not sure if it was Danny or Charlie who were, was on the organ. I think that's the best part of the song is just the harmonics between the the piano and the organ, and then you put that next to Stevie and Bruce harmonizing the whole time. I mean, it, yeah. it's a it's a full sound that. Um, I think you need it, and maybe you have Outlaw Pete, which is kind of a character study. Um, but coming, especially coming off of Magic, that's so grim. It's nice to have a song that kind of gets you back happy, like yep. waiting on a sunny day. Just you're happy to be listening to an E Street song. Yep, it's great rocker. Usually, I think it says too that most of these songs are usually like one or two takes, just really done quick in the studio, and you can yeah. hear that, feel it. Yeah, yeah. So like I said earlier, too, this was released as a second single one week after the first single, Working on a Dream, was released. So this was uh, November 28, 2008. So I assume it was something like he released one single of rock radio and one single of pop radio or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, I think he won. I think it was like – I think Bruce – I mean Bruce always knows what he's doing. He's, he's as good of a music musician, businessman, is, is equally good as he is at songwriting. Yeah. He wants people to – be saying oh wow working on a dream that that was different and then oh my lucky day there you go yeah i I think he wanted he wanted fans to buy in and that's almost like they're rewarded with the second single almost yeah and you get clarence playing the second half of the solo there on sax we only get eight bars but it's a pretty sweet eight bar clarence it's a a really good it it comes out of nowhere you don't really see it coming and then it up there he is yep brings it to that next level yeah yep hey big man All right, so moving on, we'll go to the next track. Track three on this record is Working on a Dream, the title cut and the uh, first single. one uh it's not it's probably my least favorite song on the record i gotta say really yeah um why uh, i don't know it's a good song i really love the drums on it if, if i can yeah zone in on one thing i really love the pocket max lays down yeah. uh the pro- production on the drums sound just amazing and max is right in the pocket yeah. uh this song's kind of like a perspective of hope the way hope can carry you through your life striving toward peace and happiness whatever that means to you steering your life towards your own dream uh, I love the acoustic guitar and the organ kind of driving the song. It's really, yeah. Like I said, a lot of these songs seem like they were written on acoustic guitar. Yeah. Pretty cool hearing that whistling, there's a whistle solo. <laughs> yeah. A, I guess there's a, like a low baritone sax. That might have been Clemens. So, like, whistling yeah, well, that, the sax. Clarence would whistle to it at least when they would um, play it live on the tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. cool. <laughs> I, I just like, I don't, I kind of like the message. I, this is one of the songs that I really paid attention to the lyrics and like 
uh, Sunrise Car, My Climb the Ladder, New Day Breaks In, I'm Working on a Dream. I just, I, I think he ties dream, the word dream to whatever you want it to be in this song. It doesn't matter if that dream is uh, finding someone that you love, whether it's working your ass off until you're rewarded, or whether it's just the day in, day out grind of living your life and that's your dream. I, I think that's... I think it, it, it's got, it's got, when he played at the Super Bowl, he brought out the choir and he wanted it to have that gospel feel. Yeah. Rejuvenation feel that it, no matter what your dream is, if you, if you work towards it, you, you can see it for, like through it, see it come to fruition. But I don't know. I just, and that's kind of being when I first listened to the record, that was, you know, me being a millennial, you click through it. And so I would just click, oh, working on a dream. Great. Oh, that's a cool song. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a really when you get there you understand what he's telling you so this was released as the first single like I said uh, went to number 91 in Canada went to 95 in the USA hey and it went all the way to number one in Croatia hey Croatia's <laughs> got some dreaming yeah so number one in Croatia and he also won a Grammy in 2009 for uh, best rock vocal performance solo really on this song wow. yeah so I don't know I don't I don't understand award shows and how they yeah, that, must, things have, anyway, that but, must have been a down year. Yeah. <laughs> kind of cool thing. I like the, the Bruce doubling the vocal on the chorus where he's, he's going up into his high falsetto for the chorus. Yeah. Doubling himself. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But that's all I got to say on that with that. Just kind of – it's yeah, a good song. It, nothing special to me. Yeah. I, I usually it, skip this one, I got to say, if I'm – Yeah, well, that, it's funny because you're going from working on a dream to – to my least favorite on the record, which is Queen of the Supermarket. No, it's my second to least favorite. There's a wonderful world where all you desire And everything you've longed for is at your fingertips Where the bittersweet taste of life is at your lips Where aisles and aisles of dreams await you and the cool promise of ecstasy fills the air At the end of each working day she's waiting there I'm in love with the queen of the supermarket As the evening sky turns Queen of the Supermarket, I, when I was looking at it, I before I reintroduced myself to the record, I want to see what did people think about Queen of the Supermarket and about everyone, whether it was the Philadelphia Inquirer, whether it was, I, I forget who else was reviewing, whether it was like Rolling Stone, they were all like, that is the worst song that Springsteen has ever written. <laughs> and I go, sure, content-wise, because they're probably all mad that Bruce probably put that song in over something else. Something else, yeah. But I think, I mean, and I get it. I get why it's on there. It, it symbolizes the, you can find what you're looking for, whether it's as simple as going to the grocery store. Uh, like you, you, with my shopping cart, I move through the heart of the sea of fools so blissfully unaware that they're in the presence of something wonderful and rare. 
The way she moves behind the counter, beneath her white apron, her secret remains hers. So, he successfully made the supermarket sound like a Springsteen song. I just don't think any of us wanted to have that happen to us. All right. Well, let me say, I fucking love this song. Do right? you really? Yeah. This is my second favorite song on the record. Uh, by, a, by a little bit. I fucking love this song. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love this one. I, this is this is my go-to song for this record almost i love i love the odd but totally relatable premise the admiration and lust for someone from afar someone that passes through your life your everyday life um similar to the story and i want to marry you where he's just kind of seeing seeing a girl on the corner and he's kind of just saying hey i could i could be with this girl kind of thing he's fantasizing about someone without telling them kind of thing but is it the caddyshack too? the caddyshack if i want to marry you is caddyshack I don't know, man. I love this. I love the line. The, what Springsteen verses and lines usually the third verse or the end of the song. There's usually a line in there that kind of gets me. And this one's got that. I love the line. As I lift my groceries into my car, I turn back for a moment and catch a smile that blows this whole fucking place apart. Like the power that a woman holds in her smile, you know? Yeah. I. I mean, I see it. I get it. I just. I love it, man. I had a thing. I had a thing too, where I had a crush on a like a coffee truck girl. You know those girls. Oh, see, that's that's right. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah, you know those girl, like lunch trucks. They drive trucks around to like break time and lunches at uh, workplaces and stuff like that. Eh? Well, there was a girl that used to do that, and it was a highlight of my day. I would go out there, and she was this pretty blonde girl, and she would smile and make me feel good and stuff like that. And I, I had like this similar experience. You know, I'm yeah. in love with the coffee truck girl. <laughs> I think it's really, really great singing from Bruce, too. He's channeling his inner Roy Orbison on this stuff. Very, very, very good singing. It it gives, again, it follows the same. You could, if you're not listening well enough, you would think that Working on a Dream just transitioned really well into uh, Queen of the Supermarket. It's got kind of that same little airy, it's kind of dark out, that dusky feel. Uh, Everyone's happy. I just, I, uh, I... (laughs) <laughs> I can't I can't you have very valid points for liking that song I just yeah can't. different strokes for different folks man I love the yeah. outro I love the outro how, how it goes into this different section this sort of six eight or three four kind of yeah time uh, dream kind of feel I love the the grocery barcode scanner sound yeah that beeps towards the outro I don't know I love it man <laughs> I love uh, it very cool tune to me anyway <laughs> 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 All right, so next song we're going to do is uh, What Love Can Do. There's a pillar in the temple where I carved your name. There's a soul sitting sad and blue. Now the remedies you've taken are all in vain. Let me show you what love can do. Let me show you what love can do. Darling, I can't stop the rain. So this is a cool song. I think this is a really this good song. This is a cool song. Yeah, I think this was the first song written for the record. This was w- written right towards the end of the Magic Sessions. And I think he showed Brendan and he's just like, check out this song. You got to keep writing. It sounds like a Magic song. Yeah, too. this was written, I think, in those sessions. And he kind of he piggybacked this whole album on the basis of that this song here. 
Right. Yeah, so uh, good acoustic guitar cutting through the song. Um, a lot of good acoustic guitar on this album. I keep saying that. Um, proving the power of love amongst the struggle of the turmoil of life. I love the harmonica and the guitar doubling that melody for the solo. The yeah. Max is great as usual. It, it's got a this hard land kind of feel too. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's it, it's to, it, it, it's not it's uh, me and you, Frankie. Kind of that kind of attitude it, it, it doesn't matter if it's you know if the love is a girl if the love is your friend it, it, it's it, it's love is different in either in any context that that's the way it looks for it, it right. and it has that typical springsteen little mark at the end here we here we bear the mark of cain yep yep it, it goes right back Full right circle. back to, it's all about the family yeah yep. <laughs> you know adam raised him yeah, so cool song. This was released as the fourth and final single. This came out for a record store day release, April 2009. B-side yeah. was uh, Night with the Jersey Devil. Next song is This Life. Again, I, I always like, because it's such a new record, I kind of compare it to what I've uh, uh, heard, the records I'd heard before I listened to Working on a Dream. And This Life sounds like a rising song. Uh, I, I think it's got a really, um, it, it's got a really almost cautious optimism that, you know, this is what life has for you, no matter what it really is. It, it's kind of a, it's a really, the... You go through life, you go through what it is, and it doesn't really matter. You get to the light at the end of the tunnel. That's kind of what life is. Yeah. That's kind of the way that I always listen to it. It's it sounds like a and it's it's a poem. It's more of a poem than anything. Yeah, this uh this album gives me a, a, a lot of '60s vibe with this record too. And you hear that in this one especially. A very cool intro with the bass playing the melody, very Brian Wilson esque. Yeah. Uh, Reminds me of uh, Pet Sounds or Smile, something off that, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's a... I don't, I don't know whether it's just... I kind of like how it's kind of a bleakness, how you take the turn away from, you know, uh, My Lucky Day, working on a dream, to Goofy, Queen of the Supermarket. To, uh, you finally get a dose of reality. Yeah. You get a dose of poetic justice, almost. Yeah, great great swooning background vocals. Reminds me of the Mamas and the Papas or the Turtles or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, great arrangement. I love the strings, bring that lush, kind of sweet, pleasant feel while still remaining somewhat melancholy. Yeah. The way Springsteen songs always kind of have a little bit of that darkness in there, you know? I, I, he, he can't have a completely happy, we're all going to get along together album. He has to have a yeah, little. There's always so. another side to it, yeah. 
I love. I especially love the line. I finger the hem of your dress. My universe at rest, which is totally, yeah. totally one of my moves, man. He's totally got one of my moves. I love when girls wear. <laughs> I love when a girl is wearing a summer dress, and I may, yeah. I may have my arm around her, you know, around her waist, and my hand kind of just lingers down there to the hem of her dress, and then. You know, my finger just may land somewhere in the space between the hem of her dress and her thigh, you know, and, yeah. and sometimes by accident, you know, the back of your finger just might touch the skin of that thigh and your whole world just seems right at that moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I really, as soon as I heard that line, I was just like, oh, that's it, man. Yeah. The hem of your dress. That's the yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you got to work for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Killer backgrounds on the outro. I love the ba 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 ba. A lot of layers and layers of background vocals on there, and then Clarence comes in to double that on the sax, kind of sweet yeah. moment. Yeah, really cool song. This life, I love that one. Yeah, it's a really good one. It's it's a little gem in the middle of this record. Yeah, great song. All right, so moving on, we're gonna go to a song called uh, "Good Eye." <laughs> This song reminds me of the way that he was playing. I, I think the reason he did this was he he played Reason to Believe differently on the Magic Tour, where he would like bring the harmonica, he would like electric. I don't know how he did it with the mic and yeah, the, it's called uh, uh, it's called a bullet mic, which is yeah. a special mic that was used for playing harmonica, kind of like the uh, Chess Records and Little Walter kind of yeah. invented that sort of electric harp sound. It, exactly the same as the way he sang Reason to Believe on the Magic Tour. Like, yeah, when you're singing through that bullet mic, it's got a lot of distortion and a different feel. That's kind of a, an old yeah, blues it, kind of trait to do that. It, it's kind of back of that kind of cowboy mentality, almost. That's the way, I, I mean, I thought of it almost as Outlaw Pete finally has a follow-up now. Yeah, it's weird. There's, there's ban- It's like a blues song, but there's banjo on it, which is yeah, kind of weird. It, it works. You know, like it's got like an Wolf kind of feel. Yeah, the only thing... I don't like about this. I don't think the production really fits it. The production is a little too slick for me. Yeah, um, it's all right. Like it's a, it's a cool song, but I would have preferred like a like a more of a raw production. Like there's there's samples on there and going hey hey ho. Yeah, it's kind of I don't know. I would have preferred. He probably, a, I mean, in all honesty, he probably recorded this song at the same time as Night with the Jersey Devil. Well, I would have preferred the production on that on a song like this because I think this song has better writing. Than Jersey yeah. Devil, but the production on Jersey Devil is better than this. I think I don't know. It's just me. It's yeah. Kind of a, a neat intro on this. It's very misleading if you try to count the intro where the drums come in. It's a uh, it's a halftime feel, kind of like that Waylon Jennings halftime feel. But it feels like the yeah. beat gets turned around. And there's like an eighth note skip beat in there. Yeah. Like the hoes are on the end of one, but the downbeat changes. I don't know. It's weird to count the intro, but yeah, and I. I like this song. I don't go out of my way to listen to it. Um, I think it, it's because it's. I like it how it is different, but I think it's an odd, um, it just an odd song to be on a record like this. Yeah, it doesn't really fit, but it's quick. You know, it's a couple minutes long. It's just a little momentum breaker, you know, in between the uh, 60s pop 
epics or whatever, you know? It's a different kind. It's just, it's just a different type of song. It, it's, it's an odd placement on this type of record. Yeah, it's all right. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It is what it is. Yeah. All right, next song we got here is Tomorrow Never Knows. This is this is another one in my top five on the on the record. I really I like how it's got that. It, it's I was trying to think of who it sounded like. Um, it, it's it sounds like spring. It, it sounds like Bruce. It's his tomorrow never knows. It's just this really reassuring. Not it, it, the way that he plays the guitar from the beginning. Just the way that he's got the bass strings working in there as well it's just the syncopation of the way that he's playing it. it it's that new hopeful kind of oh this is a nice refreshing springsteen song that we haven't heard in a while mm-hmm. um that's why i like it, it it's not I, I don't know the words to it by heart i just know that i like i get happier when i listen to it yeah once again bruce is revisiting that the time concept that he always seems to hit on a lot you know reflecting on the past yeah. appreciating the moment appreciating the present Working towards dreams and goals of the future, yet being conscious of the uncertainty of the future, you know, like savoring every moment. Tomorrow, yeah, never but knows. it's like, it, but it's almost like the way that he's singing it. Uh, it's almost a kind of happy tomorrow. Who it's almost like who knows what's going to happen? Won't it be fun? Like um, that's the kind of way that at least when I listen to it, that I kind of heard it. Yeah. I, if this was on Magic, you might. It might have had a different vibe, but on this yeah, album with a magic, lot of optimists, have a sarcastic tone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but it's. I mean, looking at it, it's a Bob Dylan song almost. As I as I, I pull up the lyrics, it's just, uh, you know, uh, you and me, we've been standing here, my dear, waiting for that time to come where the green grass grows tomorrow never knows. In the field, your hair flows down by the tilden tracks beneath the water tower. I carried your back, like it's just. It's a. It's a, it kind of sounds just like a Dylan poem. Yeah, it reminds me of like a Blue Rodeo song. We have a band up here in Canada, Blue Rodeo. They're kind of like this sort of country folk. I get a, I get a Gordon Lightfoot vibe from this song a little bit, you know. Yeah. Kind of a, I get a Glenn Glenn Campbell kind of a gentle on my mind kind of feel from this. It, it's it's got a it, it, this is a this reminds me of those kind of hippie songs too. Those mamas and papas, those yeah. Woodstock songs. That's yeah, the, it fits it, into that wheelhouse for sure. Yeah, this is and this is a single that would have been released back then, and it would have been totally perfect. Right, it's tomorrow the right never knows. Type, it's the right type of instrumentation, and it's the right message. Okay, next song, life itself. Temptation grow. I left the rest 
song life yeah. itself which i'll say i fucking love this song too this is yeah, my number one good. this is my no- i love this song this song probably ranks in my top 10 all-time favorite springsteen songs i just love really? this song yeah i don't i just i don't know if it's when i heard it for the first time like on this cruise ships being secluded on my own in the caribbean i don't know but this song just yeah resonated with me i love the vocal by bruce very passionate intense vocal very different song for him you know like the the arrangement fits well with the lyrics. It's very uh, uh, like intense. Like it's retaining tension through the song. It's like yeah. walking that type. Of- I think it's almost like a. Uh, it's almost like I think it'd be a song that would logically follow Radio Nowhere. I think it's uh, it, it's yeah that tension because Radio Nowhere's got that tension too. It's like this is how good I am, but like I hope you can hear me. Now yeah. it's like this is the life that we are now a part of. Um, like I need you, please don't leave me. Almost mentality. It, it's a really, it's a really cool song too. Just it, 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 it's. It, I think this is a magic inspired song. This is probably one of the earlier songs written. I would imagine. Yeah, cool, real cool drum part with Max uh, keeping up that tension with the cross stick on all four. Yeah, quarter notes, and then he switches the snare on the beat four, like from the I think from the solo. Out. Cool yeah. uh, backwards guitar solo on that. Yeah, different thing for Springsteen. The guitar playing kind of reminds me of uh, Mike Campbell from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, I, I get that vibe from the guitar playing, kind of a bird's eight miles high, Mike Campbell, Tom Petty kind of thing. I wonder if it's Nils playing or if it's Bruce. I'm not sure. Great guitar I, work though. I would bet it be Bruce. It sounded. I I think uh, maybe it is Nils. I don't know, but I my gut would tell me it was Bruce. Yeah, I'd like to know that. I, I think Bruce plays the majority of guitar work on his records, you know, but... Yeah. I think if he was going to give one kind of thing to Nils, this might be a Nils thing, but yeah. who knows anyway, yeah. So yeah. he's exploring the conflict and balance and acceptance of the good and bad parts of life. I love the line, uh, why are things we treasure most slip away in time? So the music we grow deaf and to God's beauty blind, why do the things that connect us slowly pull us apart? asking these questions. You know, as you get older in life, you, you realize how things seem to fall away from you as you right. move through time, right? Right, in that you have no control over it and that you, you pray that someone's with you. Yeah, accepting life the way life is, you know? Trying to hold on to the beauty and love in the face of the burdens of the day. Yeah. The weary hands of time. <laughs> Great song, man. I love this Yeah, song. I love that song. I was listening to that on the way home to Dallas. It's like, I yeah. Yeah, Bruce. That's a heavy song. I don't know if he's ever have you, if he's ever played this live. It wasn't part of the tour. Yeah, set but there list. is a music video released. I mean, he, there's a video for this. I'll yeah, have to check that out for sure. Yeah, it's a it's on his Vivo page at least. It, I mean, it's them in the recording studio. It's not it's not like a, yeah. a concept piece. But yeah, that I doubt he would even play this if he had it requested. <laughs> I don't know. That would be a tough one to uh, do on the fly. I'm sure this one. Yeah, he. Yeah, with the stuff he's doing now, I don't know. It depends. Yeah. I I, I kind of like how it's one of those little gems that you appreciate that on the record, you it, you, you don't need to expect it live. Yeah. The purpose is on the record. Yeah, I can live with that. Anyway, I love this song. One of my favorites. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. All right, next we have Kingdom of Days. Summer 
the Days was a song that I didn't listen to until honestly within the last year because I had always heard how great Kingdom of Days is and that this is the best song on the record and I never understood why. I was wondering why. And then I listened to it and I went, what a beautiful song. Yeah, I love what this song too. This is one of my favorites for sure. What a beautiful song. Beautiful love song this is. And just, uh, it, it's... It's making life sound so grandiose. It's making, um, it's making the little things in life, whether you're walking in, uh, down the street or walking in a field or just uh, literally walking in the fall or just saying that you, uh, it's, it's a reciprocation of love too. Yeah. In that, it, and when you achieve that, that the kingdom of days isn't meant to be, you know, you're in heaven. That means that you found your destiny. It, it's a really pretty song. Yeah, once again, exploring the concept of time, one of Bruce's recurring themes, you know, kingdom of days equaling committing your time to another person. You know, each day together becomes your kingdom of days. I, yeah. love, I love the line, uh, I don't see the summer as it wanes, just a subtle change of light upon your face. Like I this mean, guy's like, as, as the seasons change, he doesn't even notice because he's so... Uh, enthralled with this this person he's with he just he sees the light on her face rather than the light in the sky you know I love the bridge I think the bridge I think it's one of his best bridges the oh is that the I love you I love you I love you I do prove it prove it baby blue it's a really it's It's beautiful yeah I almost want to get this is a be a perfect wedding song and it, it doesn't give you it, it gives you hope that if you work for a relationship or if you work for love that it'll work out for you but it doesn't show that it that it just magically happens it isn't i want to or i want to marry you where it's like i want it it's mine we're happy it's you put in the time you find out about this person you welcome them into your life and then that your life together is now the kingdom of days that is your forever that is your that is what you worked for it's a really and then it's like a, it's almost like when the song fades out with the sing-aways at the end it, I literally picture two people just walking into like a sunset it's yeah. just, exactly. this is one of the only Springsteen songs where people I think walk into the sunset happy together a happy Bruce love song with no condemning third verse wow yeah <laughs> no, it's, it's because you think it's going to come like that then prove it then prove it when I walked out <laughs> like oh no but no you, you stay together and yeah who would think it man it's a cool I I understood it why people love this song and I and I don't think that the cat I mean I'm not trying to say that there's casual and there's more in-depth Springsteen fans but once you understand what his message is at his core and his famous stuff it makes you appreciate when he writes a song like this yeah for sure yeah, that there's hope it's a really I, I love this song I, I love this song so yeah. much lots of good acoustic guitars you got six strings 12 strings Great yeah. emotional guitar solo by Bruce. One, I think one of his best guitar solos on the record is in this. Yeah. There's uh, strings doubling the melody. Really good, really good song. Great production of use. Yeah. Of and the, or it, this is a this is a wall of sound that like brings you with it. Like it, it, you aren't hit with it right in the face. You jump on it and you just ride the wave and you're. It's a really cool. I, I love this song. Yeah. I love this song. Good tune. All right, so next we have Surprise, Surprise. (laughs) 
my love-hate relationship with any song. I, I loved it, then I hated it, and then I loved it again. And I, it, it, Because it's, it, you know, it's a song about a guy and a girl on their birthday, and it's catchy at first, and then you listen to it and you go, is this one of his better songs? And then, I don't know, you just, you, it, it's the way that you feel about Queen of the Supermarket, I, I guess. I, I like this song a lot, just just because it's one of those frivolous moments in life. It, it's. I wish the title was different. I, I, I that's the only Maybe. Thing. Well, it's hard not to call a song surprise, surprise, when he says surprise, maybe 49 times in the entire yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I love this song. I got to say, I love this song. This is definitely in my top three or four songs off the record. Yeah. I think it's really great. It's a great birthday song. Like, you're just telling someone that you think they're great, you know, and let's celebrate. Yeah. Sometimes people don't tell each other enough. Uh, like, you know what? Not for nothing, but I think you're great, and I like yeah. having you around. You deserve good things. And I think this song kind of says that. That sentiment. The song he released the music video for this is a thank you for everyone who came to the Working on the Dream tour. Yeah. Uh, so like, I see that. Yeah, you're just reaffirming to someone that you, you you know that they're cool, they're great. I may have sung this song to a few birthday girls in my day in the last few years. Yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of something like the Monkees or the Hollies or the Birds could have done. Yeah. You know, I could totally yeah. hear Mickey Dolan singing this song. I can I can see this on the Monkees so easily. Yeah, just a little a little shorter. There wouldn't have been that long bridge in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. Keep it to under. Yeah. You know, 150 seconds. Or something. Yeah. I love hearing little Steven on the backgrounds as well. Yeah. You also get a cool Nils and Patty line, the the uh, let your love shine down. You get a Nils yeah. and a Patty solo line there. It's kind of cool. I can't even hit that. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool too. Yeah, I like that one a lot. It's a really, it's just, it, when you take it for face value, you're happy with it. Yeah. He also, I saw. It's a great played, pop song, man. What more do you want from a yeah, three-minute pop song? Yeah, he acoustically solo um in hershey and i was there and i went what a great this song sounds awesome like that was when i fell back in love with the song mm -hmm. just wow it's a little more powerful in that kind of attitude i, I loved it yeah yeah, I, yeah. cool and it goes into the another song which i just fucking hate i i just i hated the last carnival all right here we go the last carnival sundown sundown fatiguing on a tense down wave you gone handsome Billy Sundown, sundown The carnival trains live down Waiting now, darling Billy We won't be dancing together on the highway Facing the lines with you at my side anymore We won't be breathing the smoke in the fire on a midway. It was Wild Billy Circus Show, the sequel. Yeah. It was the, it was what was happening outside of the circus show. And I just didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like how short it was. I didn't like how it, it just felt like it was, I mean, it's comparing, it's comparing love to a carnival and I understand that, but I just, I didn't like that. He's done that before with Tunnel of Love, and I didn't need it again. See, I think he's comparing life on the road in a rock band to being in the circus. Do you think? I think, and I get the I get from this song, the last carnival, 
is kind of his uh, his send off to Danny because I see in in Wild Bill's Circus Story, Danny was kind of a big part of that song. Yeah. Whereas he would play uh, accordion on that and it was a big you know, live feature. And I see this as kind of a send off to Danny, you know. Um, uh, the calliope on this is kind of a, a beautiful touch. Reminds you of Danny. Um, yeah, like comparing the circus circus life to life on the road in a band. And, and last carnival, you know, one of your band members is gone, so you're saying, "Where have you gone, my handsome Billy? Where's where are you, Danny?" Kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think it could have been more than what it was. Just to me, I, if that, and that's the tribute, and that's that's the allegory. Then. Great. I I just think that it's. I think there are better ways that the message could have been said, or it sounded a little more trivial. Yeah, there's a nice video. The video is really nice on the uh, deluxe. You get the uh, a little video of this song, and it kind of shows, you know, clips of Danny through the years, and it's uh, yeah, it's touching. I like the I like how it ends with Bruce and Patty just doing those swirling choir-like voices, and Danny's son Jason plays accordion on the track. Oh, God. See, now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> you heartless bastard, Tom. How can I you not just, love this I, song? I See, my <laughs> song is, though, uh, uh, Highlights from the Magic Tour, uh, Sandy. That's my yeah. That's my Danny send-off. I would say, yeah, obviously that's more of a, a that's my That's my, when I think of Danny, I think of that instance of that song. I, I don't think of this. I, I, like, the, I like the line, the, one of the last verses, a million stars shining above us like... Every soul, living and dead, has been gathered together by God to sing a hymn over the old bones. Yeah. Which he kind of continues in uh, Wrecking Ball, that song, We Are Alive, about the spirits yeah. being around you and kind of yeah. keeping you company kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so the record ends with two kind of somber ballads. So uh, last song on the record is The Wrestler. Have you ever seen a one-trick pony and feel so happy and free? If you've ever seen a one-trick pony, then you've seen me. Have you ever seen a one-legged dog making his way down the street? If you've ever seen a one-legged dog, then you've seen me. Then you've seen me. I come and stand at every door. And you've seen me. I always leave with less than I had before And you've seen me But I can make you smile when the blood it hits the floor Tell me, friend, can you ask for anything more? Tell me, can you ask for anything more? I love this song. Yeah, this, The Wrestler's a great song. I love, I'm so mad he didn't win the Oscar. He won the Golden Globe, but he didn't win the Oscar. Well, this song wasn't even nominated for an Oscar. It wasn't? I thought it was. He, he won the Golden Globe, but that year, for some asinine reason, I, I have no, word shows are so stupid, I don't understand, but for some reason, they only nominated three songs that year. That's crazy. He didn't get nominated for an Oscar. You know, it's crazy. That's crazy. This song is so... This is his... I think this is his, I mean, he wrote it with the movie in mind, but it, it it's, it, I think it's such a test, I think it's about him. Yeah, well, like, the song was originally in the film The Wrestler, came out in August 2008, so I guess Mickey Rourke is kind of friendly with Bruce Springsteen, and he told Bruce about the film he was doing, and he asked him to write a song, and then Bruce turned this in, 
and they loved the song so much Bruce was like ah just have it for free he didn't even take any money for this song so it's just amazing how Bruce was probably given the movie or the script and they asked him to write a song and this is what he came up with you know like a song that literally literally can be interpreted as this aged beat down by life physically deteriorating wrestler's story but it can also be the story of anyone who struggled with life living with something that defines them yet slowly destroying them you know God, he doesn't even say that I think that's the beauty of him not even saying the words the wrestler in the song right yeah he said if you're listening to it without the title track you think of anything it doesn't matter you you could be an electrician or you could be a you know nuclear hazmat maintenance guy mm-hmm. you know you're doing what you know you can attribute it to any job that and that's why I think Springsteen fans want it so much because this is another song about them and it's their hero embodying what they are yeah I I, I love the acoustic guitar on this I love how it's it, it sounds starts like starts with the strings the strings swell it gives me chills yeah it gives me chills great way to end the album even though it's considered a bonus track i, I don't get the bonus track concept yeah, of records it's like tom petty said bonus tracks like it's either on your record or it's not like there's no bonus man like yeah so anyway there's like an elongated pause between last carnival and this song so i guess it's <laughs> a cool song yeah this made my uh we talked about this one previously on the episode uh the tears that blind that was like springsteen songs that make us cry this was one of my picks on that one <laughs> yeah i i was listening to it again and i just i I don't sing along. I just think it's just such a powerful thinking song. Yeah, heavy, heavy tune, man. Heavy, heavy, simple song. The simplest thoughts, the simplest rationalizations of how we live our lives just hit you hard. Yeah, I, I love this song. Yeah. I guess that makes me a good person for not liking the last carnival. But hey, uh, man, you like what you like. It doesn't matter. Like it's, all good. Like. it's all good. So that's the record. So we'll we'll talk about the one sort of B side, which was this "A Night with the Jersey Devil." also appeared like i said on the b-side of that what love can do record store day single so it's a real cool song once again bruce is using the bullet heart mic for vocals get that distorted kind of little walter sound yeah uh, which fits well with the lyrical content of the song telling like a legendary folk tale about the new jersey devil i'm not really familiar with that story do you know about that being from where you are he takes it specifically from he's telling the mythology of it um he's going straight into how how the Jersey Devil became the Jersey Devil, and how it was a it was this uh, Mother Weed's thirteenth child. Who, so he's singing it like in the first person of the Jersey Devil. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it, it's in how the Jersey Devil became the Jersey Devil. Uh, that the reason that he haunts the river is because his parent he haunts the Pine Barrens is because his parents threw him into the river. Yeah, there's that line: "Daddy dragged me to the river, tie me in rocks, throw me in where it's deep and wide." Yeah, and then it's like, yeah, I come back, I kill six brothers and sisters, I kill Papa too, and then it's yeah. like into into my bed with her kerosene, my mama creep, set my flesh to burning whilst I sleep. Yeah, and it's so his mom like burned him alive. 
Yeah, it, they tried to kill it because it's like a half goat, half bat, half horse, half like kangaroo looking <laughs> thing. Yeah, the uh, video is pretty badass. Have you seen the video? Yeah, for the this? video is pretty cool. It, yeah, it's crazy. We love little instances where he loves making, I think, mini movies. Like you see it with Hunter of Invisible Games. Yeah, he must have uh, been having fun. Like he's he's totally like it starts where he's totally submerged in water, and then he's, yeah. his head you just a close up of his head rising out of the water. Yeah, yeah. He's totally he's totally doing like the Johnny Cash preacher with the like the crosses and he's yeah like, mixing it with a little bit of like the Exorcist. Yeah, so, uh, I mean. I think the song's cool. I like the song. It's cool. Like I said, I, I dig the production on it. I think it's a pretty easy uh, written, written song. Like, it just stays on that one chord doing that sort of Manish Boy Hoochie Coochie Man riff. And it doesn't yeah. hit the four chord until the fade out at the very end. You can And you can just barely hear the five chord. So the yeah. song keeps building and building and building on this one chord. And then very at the very end of the song, yeah, it comes with this release comes where he's just like, uh, baby, 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 baby. And it just goes into that four or five chord progression, just as the song's ending. I kind of dig that release. Yeah, yeah, that's the work on a dream. It's a great record. Whether whether you were happy that it was uh, kind of a departing to the more positive outlook or whether you were uh, curious why it doesn't have that same street sound, it's a really good good change of pace for Bruce at the time that he yeah. was. I dig the record. I think it, it holds up if you go back and listen to it. There's there's definitely some stuff on there that you may have forgotten. Uh, stuff like uh, Life Itself and uh, What Love Can Do. Just great songs that he doesn't really revisit anymore. Yeah. So anyway, maybe we'll talk about this. and The tie-in to the record being released and the, uh, the big Super Bowl performance. Love the Super Bowl performance. Yeah, did you see that live when it aired? I remember. I, I'll never forget because that was the Steelers and Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, it was February first, two thousand nine. This happened, and it was. I'm. I'm watching the. I had just become the biggest Bruce fan that I had ever been at that point in my life, and I was so excited <laughs> that I get to watch Bruce on the Super Bowl halftime show, and I can't wait. And he was awesome. Oh, he I killed it. Sure. I- it starts with the NFL players doing the the heart stopping, hard rocking, pants dropping, E Street Band. And then he, I want you to for the next twelve minutes we're gonna bring the righteous power of the E Street Band. Yeah, and he's like, put the chicken fingers down and turn the TV all the way yeah, up. I want to know is anybody alive out there? And they and kick then, right into Tenth Avenue. And then when he well they did that because they did the Super Bowl halftime show this year, and Chris Martin went into the whole. They were celebrating all the different halftime shows. Yeah. And the first thing that's heard is Bruce going, is there anybody alive out there from yeah, that? Yeah. I stood up in the middle of my friend's living room because I thought he was coming out. I started screaming. And then when they started showing clips of all the other performers, oh, sight. Yeah. I was, it was such a bummer because it would have been awesome. I was on the cruise ship when this aired and uh, they were showing the Super Bowl for the passengers. And we would have had like two shows that night, like a, like a 830 show and a 1030 show. So right in between is when we had our break and people were going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm like, oh, halftime. Because I didn't really care about football. I just wanted to see Springsteen. Yeah. And uh, so I'm watching it on this little small TV in our cabin. And I just had the fucking thing cranked. I had the, all the doors open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was great. I love uh, 10th Avenue. He does like one of those knee slides across the front of the stage. And he totally yeah, wipes out a cameraman. Yeah, the cameraman's got like the perfect shot. I was the- <laughs> so I was mad the next day because I, I went to uh, school and I was a freshman in high school and I, I asked my science teacher, I was like, Mr. Brady, what did you think of 
the uh, Super Bowl halftime show because I love the energy Bruce had. And he looks at me and goes, I think Bruce had one too many Red Bulls. I'm like, you dick. I was like, that's what we want. That's what he is. Yeah, every show is like that, man. Yeah. Calm down. It's cool to see uh, Bruce and Pyro because you never see Pyro with a Bruce Springsteen show, right? But Uh like they're playing, they did did 10th Avenue, Freeze Out, and then do Born to Run. Working on a dream and then glory days. Yep. So born to run after the guitar solo where he's doing the down 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 the descending line there. Yeah. There's a shot. The guy's right at right at Bruce's feet, looking up at Bruce playing those like windmill guitar descending lines, and there's pyro and rockets going yeah. off behind him. <laughs> it's the with all the fans. Yeah, he's, fans. The my favorite part of the whole my favorite um, is. How he started the show when literally after the teams introduced him, and like you heard Max go, yeah, yeah, duh, and it's him and Clarence back to back, yeah, doing the guitar hold, sax hold, pose out. yeah, for sure. I, when Clarence passed away, I, I made that my my background, my computer. Yeah. That was that 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 is the coolest. Yeah, it was uh, an awesome moment. Yeah, and. And what's amazing to me is he went on – like they were saying, they were like – I forget the circumstance, but he said he had never had more fun doing like doing a single thing than the Super Bowl halftime show. Well, it's amazing to see him pack you know, like a three-hour show into 12 minutes and try and get all of his shtick in there. You yeah. know, like you got to get a Clarence moment. You got to get like some of his – is there anybody alive out there? Like all of his you know, lines. He's got to yeah. do a knee slide. <laughs> yeah. And like – it was, and probably the toss-up at the end was like, "What do I end with?" And it, I bet it was probably between "Glory Days" and like "Dance in the Dark." And yeah, well, "Glory Days" is it's fitting because it's, it's, it's got sports. a sports theme, you know, and he's changing the I lines. Still, I love Bruce so much, but when that ref comes out at the end, I kind of cringe a little. Oh, I dig that song, man. He's 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 doing the shtick with Steve, like, "Oh, it's time yeah. to go. It's quitting time. We're gonna get a." We're gonna get a, a delay it's curfew. Game. Yeah, delay a game. We're gonna get delay a game, and the ref comes out and throws the flag. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, you're such a dork. Yeah, and then it ends with fireworks going off, and Bruce doing the uh, the spinning the guitar around his shoulder, the strap kind of spin thing. Yeah, that great move. Yeah, just yeah. an epic performance. I encourage everybody to check that out on YouTube. It's it's the best twelve minutes. I mean, the, I haven't seen a Super Bowl halftime show. Maybe Bruno Mars's was cool. I like. Bruno Mars halftime show, but the Springsteen is one of the best. It's just, yeah, he, it's, it's a killer amount of energy crammed in 12 he minutes. He showed man. what it's like to be at a Springsteen show to like a hundred million people. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the heart stopping, fun loving, hard rocking, booty shaking, love making, Super Bowl quaking, history making, legendary E Street Band? Step back from the guacamole dip. I want you to put the 
Yeah, so we'll just touch quickly on the tour. So um, It was my first tour. All right, so the tour starts April 1st, 2009, San Jose, California. Concludes November 22nd, 2009 in Buffalo, which would have been Clarence's last show. Yeah, uh, fortunate to see Clarence playing St. Louis. Yeah, you got the St. Louis show. Um, Jay Weinberg, Max's son, subbed for a few shows there in Europe during the summer. That I guess Max was doing the Tonight Show stuff there with Conan. Yeah, he was on, uh, I think it was Pink Pop or whatever that's called. Because there's yeah, a, one of those festivals. Still, yeah, and he's in, you can, Jay, there's Jay with his long hair and his beard. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because my favorite part is that Bruce is loving him. Yeah, well, it's just a change, right? Like it's the same way I guess Bruce gets a kick out of Jake doing well, you know? Yeah. The bloodline is continuing in the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the tour also um, continued with the, the, the sign request portion of the show, which was really picking up heat where he would, like, take a middle section and just do requests. Is that where it started? Was that this tour? Well, he was probably doing it a little bit before, but it really became, like, a part of the show during this tour. Like, And he would start doing weird songs. Like, he would start almost challenging the band to do crazy. Well, like, I have a I have a four-disc bootleg set of all of the cover versions from the 2009 tour. And there is, cool. there's probably, let me, I'm just looking here. There's just, uh, just under 80 songs. Like, he's covering uh, Bad Luck by Social Distortion, Rambling Gambling Man, You Never Can Tell, I Fought the Law, Quarter to Three, Joel Blonde, Higher and Higher, Louie Louie, 96 Tears, I'm Bad, I'm Nationwide. Like, just great stuff, eh? Like, just crazy, yeah. loose performances of these rock and roll classics.
And I will just say, I am so happy that he kept the sign thing going because... Of course, that got you up on stage, that got, right? That got me up there. 2016. <laughs> and also, at the end of this tour, he started doing full album performances, right? Where he was, he was doing like... I was, I'll never forget, that is my, my, I'll never forget, that was my big memory from the show. I went in, my dad, um, he picked, uh, we were getting ready to leave from my school, because this show was on a Tuesday, I believe, um, or it was on a Monday, it was a school day, and my dad goes, rumor has it, he's playing albums from beginning to end, and I went, oh yeah? He goes, rumor has it, tonight is Born to Run, and I went, No. And Bruce gets up there about halfway uh, halfway through the first set, and he goes, you know, we've been touring for a while, and we wanted to change things up, so we wanted to do something different, so we thought the cool thing to do would be to play a record from beginning to end. He goes, so St. Louis, this is for you. And he goes right into Thunder Road, and I lost wow, it. Wow, that's amazing. It was the coolest thing. And, and what's cool is that set up to why he did the River Tour like he did. Yeah, because they did the tour. They did the river once in Madison Square Garden towards the end of the tour, and I guess it, w- it turned into a special night. So we kind of, yeah, said, oh, yeah, that that worked really well. So let's try and do a whole tour that way, you know? Yeah, uh, I will never forget that. It was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it's excellent. You got to see that. All right, so let's wrap this up. You got any closing thoughts on this? Working on a dream record. I think working on a dream is one of those. If obviously, when you think of the classic Springsteen catalog, the classic Springsteen records, you don't think of working on a dream. But if you look at the the writing and the themes and the images and the tributes, he's writing for a purpose and he's writing to be positive. He's writing to celebrate life. He's. I think working on a dream isn't meant to be that you're working to strive. I think working on a dream means you're living your life in a really positive way and you're with the people who you love. You're with the thing that you love doing the most. And more importantly, you just find a way to make that your life's goal. I think that Bruce showed his songwriting chops once again in a really different way. I love the, the instances of... Reality versus expectation versus to just being a human. It, it's a really humanizing record. I, I when I listen to the record, what's funny is is that the album cover with him, like with those black stars, and he's discolored. Uh, I I literally picture that sky behind me when I'm listening to that album. <laughs> it, yeah, I can a, dig that. That's cool. It's a cool, cool album that I that I've really grown to appreciate as I've listen to more and more of his music yeah i can get on board with that as well uh like i said this ranks kind of in the middle uh, ranking my favorite springsteen records all, all out of all 18 i probably put this at number 10 like i said it, it was that really special moment for me where it's i was working out of the country in puerto rico and it was kind of my soundtrack for a few months there in the hot caribbean so Queen of the Supermarket, I love. Life Itself, I love. Surprise, surprise. Kingdom of Days. There's some great stuff here on here if you uh, dig deep. So, uh, you know, yeah. I highly recommend this. And it, it's it, it's worth a listen. It's just, it's you get everything. Absolutely. All right. So thanks, Tom, for doing this with us. No, thank you. Love being with, love talking Bruce with you. We'll do it anytime. Uh, it's so much fun to be able to do this for an hour and a half. Absolutely. So thanks, everybody. And we'll uh, talk with you next time. So, that's the show, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website at TrampsLikeUsPod.com, communicate with us on Facebook at our Tramps Like Us podcast group page, and on Twitter at TrampsLikeUsPod. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, where you can leave a review and a five-star rating. Trims Like Us podcast is a non-profit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or Columbia Sony Records. If you've heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earthquaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary E Street Band. Let it be noted, we've just recorded a mass. Very peace.